guys, my name is Murdercat, and welcome back to the podcast, Get Cooked. Yes, we changed our name. Splatcast was taken. Um, once again, my name is MCAT, and my co-host is... Nico. Ooh-woo. So, uh, today marks the start of E3, um, for us at least. Today is June 8th for us. When you will be hearing this, God only knows. But anyway... Uh, we had the Nintendo Invitationals today, starting off with Mario Maker, uh, followed by Splatoon and Smash. Nico, what did you think about it? I think they were all pretty good. The Mario Maker one was, you know, a good introduction to what Mario Maker 2 is going to be all about. Splatoon 2 was very, very exciting. And Smash, I liked it too. Yeah, just touching on the uh, Mario Maker Invitational, I wasn't really sure what they were going to be doing with that. It was not gonna lie it was kind of boring it felt more of like a display of what the game has to offer than it did feel like speed run trials um i feel like that's what they were going for but if it does continue into next year i'm hoping that the speed run aspect actually picks up yeah yeah speed running has been like a big part of gaming history so it's good to see a pickup on a new game like this Definitely, and it really has the potential to go that far in the speedrunning community. Yeah, yeah. Starting with Splatoon, we had one team from each region, right? Yes, we did. So we had Lime Soda representing Australia, Gigi Boys from Japan, uh, Alliance Rogue representing Europe, and FT Win representing North America. Oh boy! What an interesting tournament. Did we get a show today? Oh my goodness. I was shaking. <laughs> the finals was the greatest part. Oh my God, the finals. Just the comebacks and the things that happened. But um, we're going to go of a brief overview real quick before we really focus on the two finalists who were FT Win and GG Boys. So um, Nico, would you like to lead us off with the first um, turf qualifier? So the first turf qualifier, we had GG Boys versus Lime Soda, I believe. Yes. And you, know, as you know, GG Boys took that really quick. But the thing about it is Lime Soda is a actually fairly new team, and they did look like they were very new to this competitive scene, even though they have been, you know, doing good before this Invitational. Right. And... Compared to the other three teams, I think Lime Soda definitely wasn't at the same level as the other three. They had some good picks, but they never seemed to follow through or lead up with anything after taking out one or two key players of DG Boys. And this is just turf, though. So it was just a qualifier to determine who was going to be in what bracket. Right. So after GG Boys versus uh, Lime Soda, we had FT Win versus Alliance Rogue. Correct. Alliance Rogue won that coin toss and chose Blackbelly Skate Park. A lot of people went on Blackbelly Skate Park this tournament. Yeah. Um. And although they did choose the map in the last thirty seconds, uh, for the win, ended up taking the mid, winning this particular seeding match, mm, mm-hmm. which was a little bit disappointing. Ar. Um, Alliance Rogue was definitely back for vengeance, could you say? After being knocked out in the semifinals last year, not even making it to the championship. Yeah. The last turf qualifier was Lime Soda versus Alliance Rogue. Oh, no, that's that's a lie. It's the, the third to last was turf on Anchovy. Right. And AR, Alliance Rogue. I keep saying AR because that's what how I have it abbreviated in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Augmented Reality. <laughs> 
Alliance Rogue. Uh, pulled it out. No competition. Lime Soda. Poor guys got stuck in their spawn and they had to use their specials just to break out, which really, I think, turned the tide because they just didn't have those specials to help cover that turf. Speaking on specials, like specials played a big part in this tournament today, actually. Like you saw a lot of special usage in this. And it was just like not just throwing them out randomly to as a as a deterrent. Like in the um FT FT win versus um AR Alliance AR Alliance Rogue. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot the names of it. They actually made a real it was FT, I believe, and they made a really good comeback when they used three specials in in a in a sequence that made them get the league and me that i can't i can't even speak today i'm sorry no it's okay so we're just gonna go ahead and skip past the rest of the turf because uh gg boys wiped for the win in the last mm-hmm. one um so starting with the semifinals, poor lime soda just really didn't stand a chance against the coordination of the gg boys uh round one with tower there was actually a replay of round one because it was a straight wipe in like 30 seconds uh, and the replay was actually due to a controller issue on Lime Soda side, which if you've played any solo queue game or league and you've had somebody drop out, you know that a 3v4 just isn't going to cut oh, it. Oh no, not at all. Those are the worst. So they actually did a replay of that round and it was essentially kind of the same wipe, although we do see Lime Soda trying their best to put up a little bit of a resistance, but they just fall short being just a smidge too passive, not really capitalizing, again, not capitalizing on the fact that they had taken down a key player or two. God, I can't. I'm sorry. I've been so busy today. I'm not, I'm not good at this murder. I am not good at this. It's okay. Would you like me to continue and you just kind of insert your comments as we go? Honestly, yeah, just go for it. Then I can like just cut in when the splat fest goes in or maybe, but I'll, I'll comment during the finals. <laughs> Round two was Clams on Arowana Mall. GG Boys pulling it with the Tenabrella. I kind of expected that to come out. Um, Tenabrella has been kind of a, a large role in a lot of competitions, especially with Clams. It's great for pushing in towards the basket. Would you say not? Yes? I would. Especially with the Sheldon's pick, although that's not what they went with. GG Boys went in already with an early power clam, and um, Taji took out two players before going for the clam dunk. <laughs> Haji is a very good inkjet user. Oh, his accuracy is scary. It's very, very good. You do not want to be near Taji when the inkjet comes up. <laughs> uh, so they do the dunk, they get the 20 points, and then they had to back out. Um, so Lime Soda got a free pity clam, and they had the, the center coverage. But Taji on the L3, there was just... Everybody died. <laughs> There was there was no chance. Lime Soda did actually, you know, get a few good picks and put up a good fight, but ultimately GG won. GG had some really good coverage, and actually Lime Soda did waste a power clam. At one point, one of them had jumped back to spawn to preserve their special, but had forgotten to pass off the power clam. So when he got back to spawn, he had actually just wasted a power clam, which was really disappointing. Uh, the announcers didn't actually point that out, so I was kind of disappointed that nobody had noticed yeah, that really does seem like a rookie mistake right there definitely was um gg boys with the easy ko lime soda is just too overwhelmed by the amount of coverage that they had 
and just their coordination. The way it seemed like it seemed like Lime Soda had was trying to be too aggressive of a team in total. Like they didn't have nobody, you know, posted up. They was just all rushing in trying to get coverage and taking all picks. But it, it's not the best way to go about doing this, you know? Exactly. We saw in round one they were being too passive. Um, and then round two, they turn around and then they're too aggressive, forgetting that they need to, you know, push back a bit. Yeah. Round three was zones on Makomart and uh, Gigi boys pulling out that double L3 as they did most of the day, just wrecking it with baller. And Gigi boys took an early lead and poor Lime Soda just not pushing aggressively enough to hold the zone. They did put a penalty on them, but... Um, Yama, is it, was it Yamaachi, I believe? Yamaachi, yes. Yeah, he just popped out that stingray, took him out. And then LS, uh, Lime Soda did penalize them again, but um, GG Boys came back real quick, beating that 30-second penalty that they had. And it was just a nice, clean sweep. Zones really is, like, their mode. That is, that is their thing. Like, they are very good at it. If there's one thing that I've noticed that Japan teams have is they have a good balance of turf coverage and aggression. Well, that's why they actually play turf a lot. It helps with zones quite a bit if you actually think about it. Right, and they do have an annual tournament called Koshien, and it's, it's a turf-specific, which here in North America we kind of look down upon. Ultimately, when it came down to it, when it came, when it came to zones and clan blitz, GG boys always had the advantage. Uh, every time. I just... I think Lime Soda was just too inexperienced, and I think that the experience of being at, in front of all these people just might have overwhelmed them. They were a bit cocky in the first part, too. <laughs> they they were a little bit comfortable not taking the time to strategize very much, but at the same time, they did have some good points, but there's definitely room for improvement, I believe, in the future. So if we do happen to see them again next year, they could come back better and stronger. They do need to realize, though, as well, that GG Boys... This is the exact same team from last year. Like, this team has been together for two solid years now. And that's beyond, like, you know, inventationals. They've been doing their own tournaments, doing their own scrims, getting practicing quite a bit. So they are ready for anything. Exactly. And and the good thing about that is, you know, being a team like that, you know, you have, you can trust your teammate to know what they're going to do. And, um... They just have a dedication that some North American teams don't. Like, being a team in an esports for two years is unheard of. It really is. And especially in the Japanese region, I, I wouldn't say they have an advantage, but they do dedicate more time and effort into these kind of things than North America does. Right. It's definitely just kind of part of their culture. Like, if you practice, you're going to be good. Whereas a lot of people here in America... Uh, in the in the North American regions, just kind of rely on their skills, and they're like, "Oh, I know how to handle myself. I I, I think my team knows how to handle myself. Therefore, we can handle ourselves as a team. It's no big deal." When it comes down to it, this is not taken seriously enough in North America, as in while in Japan, they actually put real effort, have a real goal to realize, like, "Hey, as a team, we can improve this way." In it really helps them a lot, as you can see with GG Boys taking the win. And if we look at, like, for example, say um, the Overwatch esports scene, a lot of people get really mad when Korea wins, ultimately, or any Asian team wins for that point, any sort of tournament. And they're like, oh, it's because they're Asian. Ha ha ha. No, it's because their mentality of this game is it's a sport. They prepare. They train. They actually warm up. They have consistent practices. And... 
they they're calm, cool, and collected, and they don't get cocky usually. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with cocky, but if it just there's there's confidence, and then there's cocky, and if you get too cocky, then you can easily mess up, and that will destroy a team instantly. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a difference between cocky and confidence, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. So moving on to semifinal matchup number two, we have Alliance Rogue versus For the Win. Uh, round one, Tower. Same maps same maps as previous round. Um, Alliance Rogue taking an early lead on the tower, but like losing it immediately. For the win, had great coverage and actually managed to get uh, quite a few good picks. They had the advantage. Soren tried to pull out a stingray on Alliance Rogue to counter, and um, FT ended up taking the lead and made it to checkpoint one. Kyver uh, had a double splat ending that checkpoint one push. Cornered and he just, his aim was on point and he just went boop, boop, took them both out. Oh, snap. Hey, real quick. So I'm checking Twitter as you're talking, right? Urza, when he, you know, Urza was on Team Alliance Rogue. Yeah, I know Urza. He actually, he, all right. So if you look on his Twitter, you can see that actually went on a quick rant and he's actually not feeling so good about what happened today. Him, like this, them losing, he, he says, he feels like the biggest piece of on this planet. And he says, I'm going to just read a little bit of this. It's like, okay, so I'm going to read this a little bit. So I think, you know, guys know, but Alliance Rogue lost against F- FTW 3-2 to two today. After this loss, I just feel like the biggest piece of on this planet. And you know why? Because it's been a few tournament and I'm disappointed by my performance during the tournament. But Alliance Rogue played very, very well. Okay, he says they played barely, like not well at all. Honestly, um, that's funny that he mentions that because I was noticing that the weakest link on Alliance Rogue was um, Gray, and I have no idea who that is. I think that might have been a pickup, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, because he did not seem familiar, nor um, somebody that would play with that particular group of people. I was very confused. He had Tenta on a few maps, and then he had... Kbrella, Kenzabrella, and his performance just didn't match up to everybody else's. He was falling short using his specials, falling a bit short using his weapon as well, and I was just disappointed overall in his performance. I feel like everybody else gave it their best, and I'm sure Gray gave it his best as well, but at the same time, it seemed like it was a new experience for him, kind of like the lime soda situation. Right. I, I do. And real quick, like speaking on what Urza says, like he's really feeling down about losing today. And I understand where that like how that feels like you you, you kind of like practice hard for this. You're going on the big screen. You're being live streamed to millions of people and you're going to. And you're gonna, and it was a close game. It was a very close game. It was extremely close. They went to round five. They went all the way to round five. Mm-hmm. And like I understand where it's coming from, but I hope he gets better. You know. Right. And 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 like I said, for Alliance Rogue, it was extremely disappointing. Two years ago, they made it to the finals and didn't take it. Last year, they got knocked out in the semifinals and didn't even make it to the championships. And this year, to make it all the way to the championships and come home taking third was definitely kind of crushing for them, I think. And everybody has been cheering them on, too, for the past few weeks. Oh, God, I was rooting so hard for Alliance Rogue. I I feel like that actually counts, too. Yeah, that would definitely add to the stress, too, because if Urza's tweeting out like that, he's he's got to feel like he let his community down, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I would say like in the ranking of the regions, it would definitely go Japan, Europe, um, Australia, New Zealand. And then I really feel like North America is at the bottom. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't say that for every North American team. Like For the Win has a very, very strong strong team and they they know what they're doing but most north american teams really get overconfident well then again we don't have really like, truly dedicated teams you know no we don't we don't act like say in the esports scene you don't have like all the time you don't have full-fledged teams you just have you know like say like ninja he's you know he's a free agent you know there are no truly dedicated teams like other countries have and that is kind of what makes north america a little lackluster in that scene Definitely. It seems like uh, North America just doesn't take these teams things seriously. We do have a lot of pickup teams, even in like... Uh, um, they even called gaming a disorder, like a gaming disorder. Like, what the hell is that? Yes. They have classified it as a mental disorder, which is like ridiculous. So, guys, if you have over 1,000... <laughs> if you guys have over 1,000 hours in Splatoon, you have a disorder. Oops, I guess I fall into that category. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, wait, where's my disability check then? Hold on. So, what do you mean 5,000 hours doesn't get me a disability check? Okay, so we're getting a little bit off track. Um, basically, Alliance Rogue lost it in the very last match. And it was really crushing um and i feel like this is the match that gray just couldn't bring himself to just clutch through essentially and it happened in rainmaker as well um we see gray taking the rainmaker just trying to get past that choke point and it just it wasn't enough i wouldn't put it entirely on gray i would i have noticed that was it i noticed that kiver and soren they actually, I feel like they could have been better comparing what they've done in the tournament to what they've done outside, you know? I feel like they could have done better. Exactly. And poor Soren, every time he whipped out that Stingray, Ice was just waiting, literally waiting for, for Soren to essentially reveal his position, pull out that counter ray, and stop Soren from his special escort, essentially. It was just a battle of Stingrays on those last few matches, which was very entertaining, but you could see the stress in their eyes. It was extremely entertaining. Like, if I could be sitting next to Soren, I could probably see him going like, oh, beans, ice got me again. Like, gosh, darn it, darn Stingray. Try not to cuss. Anyway, Alliance Rogue tried very hard, but ice was just such a solid backline, constantly having that special ready, you know, in his pocket, essentially. And anytime... Um, Alliance Rogue tried to push, Ice essentially just stopped that push with his uh, precise Stingray. And, you know, they said Stingray had fallen out of favor in the, the gameplay recently, not recently, but recently in, in terms of game um, updates, uh, due to its nerfs, its various nerfs. And yet, today, we saw such a heavy reliance. Like, it is still so important in... Um, the competitive scene it really is like a lot of people don't like stingray me personally too i i just can't use it even though it is one of the strongest specials in the game mm -hmm. people are really underestimating the power of this thing and today during this tournament it really shown that you know stingray is still really good and i think it can actually inspire people to use it more absolutely like even though that it's got a shorter uh raid time it's still if you know how to aim it and you know where they are oh boy you are just like because with the Stingray, you need, like, you need, you know, 
map knowledge. You need to know, you know, where to aim and like check the map constantly with it, too. You'll notice a bunch of Stingray users do that just to make sure. Well, exactly, because if you hit somebody with Stingray on the map, actually, if you any projectile hits somebody and you can't find them, if you check your map quickly, it will show their location momentarily. It's kind of like a cheat for Haunt. Like like Thermalink, basically. Thermalink, not Haunt. Yes, that is correct. Um, moving into the finals, we have GG Boys versus For the Win. Quick note on this. For the Win just played five straight intense matches and had to go straight into the final round. Oh, my God. How do you think that affected them? That, the final, oh, my God, don't even get me started. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, just just long story short, everybody thought FT was going to win, but guess what? You know what happened? My boys, GG boys, they brought that shit back. Honestly, I kind of take it back to round five with Alliance Rogue. Uh, Kayo, just with that bagging. I don't mind squid bagging, but in a competitive kind of setting, it's a little bit disrespectful to your teammates. I mean, that was only one, but yes, very disrespectful. Well, I know it was only one. Again, I usually wouldn't make a big deal about squid bagging. It's fine. But in a competitive setting, it's just showing like a respect to your teammates. And that's just kind of a respect that was just like, haha, I'm going to disrespect you because I, I caught you off guard. And the game favored my splats over yours. Yeah, that's just squid bagging is a form of like hey i'm better than you in some sense and it kind of you know makes people mad and gets them frustrated which is not good for a competitive no i just i feel like it sets a precedent for um younger fans who are watching like oh i can do that because they did it don't don't do that kids well especially coming from a north american team like competitively i don't care if you squid bag anywhere else just if you are playing against another actual team like in a physical competitive tournament that is not within the game it is just important that you show respect to your other teammates you know right so and for the win in the finals actually come in round one and two they took game one it's not a ko and they took game two also not a ko but they managed to take both of them and poor gg boys they had just gone like 30 minutes to an hour of not playing at all so they were basically sitting on ice yeah, that's what happened when you got the, you know, the big advantage in the first part of it. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to it, for the win did have the advantage. And if zones never popped up, I don't think GG boys would have won. Exactly. Some would argue that um, Rainmaker, is it, was their weakest mode? Rainmaker is where they got. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No, it was Tower Control first. And then Rainmaker is when they lost. Well, Rainmaker, they really made a questionable decision with their compositions. And honestly, I think that's what really, really cost them game two. They went with a double jet squelcher, which was um, extremely odd because they basically, they have double stingray at that point. They, I, That was just showing like they kind of got a little antsy there with the stingray taking them out constantly. And they thought double stingray would have worked, but no, that didn't help at all. Well, and I think what they learned from losing round two is like, okay, we need to get serious and just go back to what we know we can do. And they did have that double backline as well. Uh, if I remember correctly, let me check my notes. An Explosher, was it? And uh, Jet? I believe it was. So it was Double Squelcher, Double Squelcher L3 in an, in a, in an Octobrush. Yeah, the Octobrush wasn't a good pick. So nothing nothing that was super aggressive. Yeah, the Octobrush was definitely not a good pick. No, that was a terrible pick. I'm sorry. It did provide a little bit of help with those beacons, but I just think overall, they 
I think they did panic for a hot second and were like, oh my God, that stingray is so strong. What can we do to counter that stingray? Honestly, there's not much you can do, especially with a someone who knows how to use a stingray. You just mm-hmm. just pray to the black gods, you know? You play jump rope with it. Yeah. It's, well, then again, on, was it a, um, what was it? Uh, which map was it? They was playing, what's the name of it? I can't. I, I know what it is. What round? Just tell me the round. It was the third one. That's Snapper. No, it was the third one, GG one. Yeah, that's Snapper Canal. No, they weren't on Snapper, though. It was... Kelp Dome. No, Kelp Dome was... Kelp Dome was round six. You right. That's my bad. But anyway, on Kelp Dome, it's hard to dodge a, it's hard to dodge a Stingray on there. <laughs> it really is. So with round two... Uh, for the win, tried really, really hard to dunk it multiple times, almost um, killing it with the literally like a nine point lead. Or no, they had nine points to go, excuse me. And they just couldn't, couldn't get to it. Uh, GG boys tried their best to make a comeback, but Ice essentially just murdered it with that Stingray. Yeah, the Stingray was the biggest factor in this whole tournament, honestly. Exactly. That kind of excites me to see that, yes, finally, we are proving everybody who says Stingray sucks. We're proving them wrong. And that just, ooh, it's like icing on the cake for me. I mean, look, honestly, Stingray shouldn't have been a thing, but it's ultimately one of the greatest. Honestly, it's better than Killer Whale. I don't care what you Splat Ones fans say. Come at me. You you can't really talk. You You didn't play Splat One, did you? Shut up. Ah, ah, exposed, exposed, exposed. Stingray's good. <laughs> the Wii U sucked and okay, it died. Okay, well, okay, first of all, yes, yes, the Wii U did suck, but we had Smash 4 and we had Splatoon 2. Literally the only good things that came out of the Wii U, Mario Maker and Splatoon. And Smash. And Smash, yeah, and Smash. Um, All right, moving on to round three. This is where we see GG boys um, <clears throat> make their comeback literally taking the lead by like three points in overtime words cannot explain my excitement you you don't understand i'm out here painting a porch i have my phone in my hand i have paint in the other hand i'm watching this while painting i almost messing up the walls oh my god i almost lost it i almost lost it (laughs) oh my god so nico had to work today and he was trying so hard to keep up with me while i was live tweeting on our um twitter and every now and then he would just be like did you see that and i'm like yes i, I, I am i am glued to this like, like gg boys is my favorite i'm sorry no don't apologize they're a very good team like um if i could absorb their skills mm-hmm. by watching their videos i absolutely would okay so gg boys round three literally had me like shitting my pants <laughs> that's a good way to describe it GG boys went in with an immediate clam dunk uh, with a 10, 10 uh, point penalty, essentially just giving FT win a pity clam. And a pity clam, for those of you who don't know, is when you dunk a power clam to the other team, don't follow up, and you just give them a clam. It's basically the ink brush in solo queue who just runs it up and dunks a clam when nobody's ready. So FT pushes back. They try for two... They were trying for two dunks and succeeded, taking an easy lead. Gigi quickly overcame that by like, yeah, two points, you know. Not much of a lead difference, but it was working. At that point, for the win, 
was defending and they were just trying to get that lead back because Gigi had put a pretty good distance between them and the other team. And FT was successful in going for the dunk. But they actually missed a dump junk and lost a power clam. But I forget who it was, but they literally snuck up and dunk one more clam and taking the point lead like from 46 to 47. That was about the lead. That was a really sick play. Oh my God. It was, it's like he just snuck in there and was like, doink. So what happened was Gigi was like, oh my, my God, we got to get the lead again. Sneakily, if you watch the replay, it is wild. They go into overtime. There's two on the right side of the map and two on the left side of the map. Guess where For the Win was focusing on? Where? The right side of the map. Boy. Exactly. They had two power clams and they were focused on the one that was immediately in front of the basket. Completely missing the um, power clam right behind them. Literally right behind them. You just really got to pay attention. That, that's his map awareness in total. Like, you got to make sure you know your surroundings. And exactly. Like, I literally said, what just happened? And I had to, like, watch the replay two or three times just to see one of the one of the boys, one of the GG boys, <laughs> good the, the good game boys, them boys, in the back. Round four is where things get spicy as hell. And I mean spicy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You want to talk about zones is their jam. Zones. Oh, my God. Who? 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 Oh, God. Pulling I'm out hard. the okay. L3 with double baller. Double L3. And, and at first, you wouldn't think that was like, you think that wouldn't do nothing. But on the map, mm -hmm. it's perfect. Well, their aim is like scary accurate, too. If you know how to aim with an L3, oof. Oh, if you know what to aim with an H, that's even more dangerous. So what happened was um, GG Boys took the zone for an early lead, and then Taji came in with an early trade, essentially locking out for the win for a hot second. Then uh, 2D came in and claimed the zone, putting a 48 penalty, a uh, plus second penalty on GG Boys, basically locking them out for a hot second. So they're trading leads here by one or two seconds. Now, also... I'm, I'm like watching the match as like you're talking about it right now. And Etona was doing great. He was staying on the zone and getting good picks. Like, honestly, he was one of the best on that round. He was definitely the anchor for the team. Um, knowing his positioning, knowing exactly where he needed to be at the exact time. And just basically keeping it being the eagle eye for the map. And Taji was doing great, too. Like, he knew where to be at all times. His inkjet was killing everybody. They just had great... They captured the zone, they pushed them back, and made sure they couldn't get back at all. Um, FT managed to put, like, another penalty on them. With the coordinated special um, launch, essentially, we had the bomb rush going in to claim the zone. We had ice with that stingray just kind of warding them off to keep them away from the zone. So they could put the penalize penalty on GG Boys, and it was a... Um, Pretty decent penalty, if I remember correctly. Yep, and uh, was it about halfway in? They were, was it? So, FT was at 89, while GG was at 46. Mm -hmm. And FT actually got uh, almost a team wide. There was three down while the explosion was just left, but they still weren't able to take the zone. That that kind of surprised me. Mm -hmm. And, like, then I'm watching, like, you just see them. 
both of them slight. So Taji and uh, Yama, Yam, Yamaker, Yamachi, Yamachi was coming back in, while Damon and Etona was holding it down at the front of the zone. Mm-hmm. But everybody on FT was slowly coming back, like they didn't care. And I was like, wait a minute, y'all boys finna lose. <laughs> GG boys almost had an early KO. Um, you know, getting down to literally within one second of claiming it and for the win came in and pushed so hard and put about mm, what was it like a 56 second penalty on him? almost the whole 60 second penalty on there yeah exactly at one second left to claim the zone and it was wild this match went into overtime i'm talking neck and neck like in overtime taji just dancing dancing around for the win in the zone and Yamachi also finally got ice with the Stingray. Taji's holding, holding the zone, like just clutching it. Like, you're not going to get me. I have a nozzle nose and you're not going to get me. <laughs> they just kind of come in and the team support, it was there. The team support was just there, 110%. And they, they ended the match one second to four seconds with the win in overtime. Oh, that was clutch like i audibly screamed in starbucks and everybody was like oh my god is she okay (laughs) um i don't have solid internet connection at home so anytime we stream events i head out to either the library or starbucks but the library is under construction and uh starbucks was a better option (laughs) i fucked up what round hang on no the one shit okay so the last round that i was talking about with um gobi arena Oh my god, I'm a dumbass. The 1v4 win was on Muso Forge Fitness. That was round five. Oh yeah, they did do they did zones twice. I forgot. I just I was reading the long, wrong notes and I lost I got so excited I totally forgot. Well anyway, you just need to know they did zones twice and GG Boys won. Exactly. They won both times. It did, <laughs> no competition. <laughs> alright, well alright, let's just, let's just, let's just get to the last last. Let's close it. Room six. So, oh, 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 you don't under, oh my God, you don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the porch, right? I'm painting and, and I'm watching this. I'm like, bruh, like, I'm finna nut right now. <laughs> so, getting into it, it's GG Boys versus FT Win. It's Kelp Dome. It's Rainmaker. And the thing is, FT Win keeps their normal setup, but Etona changes it up with a Dually Squelchers. And everybody gets surprised about that because, like, wait a minute. You don't really see much dually squelchers up in tournaments now, do you? Mm-mm. And that was a surprising twist, but it was cool. The, the duallys was actually slain most of the whole round. And then in the first part, nobody's taking the Rainmaker as usual. It's pretty good. But when it comes down to it, they uh, FT win had most of the map coverage. And when they um and they took the Rainmaker after they knocked out three people of GG boys. So they took the quickly, but Taji quickly knocks them out with his inkjet as usual. So Exactly. And we see a Rainmaker reset at this point. Yep, yep, yep. The first of many. And then, you know, just kind of going along ahead. So, you know, GG Boys is at 67 while FT Win is at the lead with 59. And so everybody's thinking like, all right, so we have we have two minutes left. What what can happen here? And then literally just a few like just probably like 20, 30 seconds later, GG Boys is at 30 while FT Win is at 59. And we're like, all right, so all, and we're at 120 seconds at this point. 
GG boys is, has to hold this and they will win the chip. Listen to my claps. They will win the championship. Listen to my exaggerated claps. <laughs> so basically, they just held it defensively. And just the way that you, you literally saw it, the way they switched from aggressive to defense, seamless. Not a single hiccup. And uh, Yamaachi with the ray out, he takes out a few people. Um, Taji with inkjet taking out a few key players like Ice and, um, I forget, maybe Kyver. It might have been Kyo. They both start with a K. I frequently got them confused, even though they're vastly different. <laughs> for the win, literally went for one last push, and that Stingray came out just, like, ending it all. And GG Boys held it. He ain't do nothing. He ain't do nothing. He didn't even pop it. He didn't even pop it. He didn't do, didn't do squat. Basically, GG Boys, they used their Stingray to counter the, the effects of the ink on on the Rainmaker barrier to keep them from popping in and putting it over time. They knew once they had the lead, all they had to do was just run defense the whole time and they had it in the bag. Simple as that. Exactly. And that's what I appreciate about GG Boys is they know when to take risks and then they know when to step back and say, okay, we have the lead. Let's just play it a bit defensively right now. The thing about GG Boys is they're one of the smartest teams out there right now. Mm-hmm. And they really deserve this win. Like It's their second win in a row, but... They fought hard for it. I mean, for the win, fought just as hard. But I think they may have uh, combined probably with a bit of mental tiredness from playing uh, five sets prior. And just overconfidence of winning four or five matches in a row. Uh, yeah. I think I think it got to them. Ultimately, the thing that decided who was going to win this the ultimate deciding factor that was going to determine who won this was basically who could outsmart who. Exactly. And once GG boys figured out for the wins pattern, especially ice's pattern of um, stingray, once they figured out how to counter sting it or sorry, counter ray it or just counter it in general, they, they really saw the finish line. And especially in the last round during Rainmaker, they knew, hey, just get the lead and we just have to run defense. They stuck by that plan. And what happened? They fucking won. That's what, <laughs> you know, GG boys winning is cool. Everybody got hyped up about that. But um, something else happened after that. Right. Real quick. I just want to say I really feel for Alliance Rogue. I'm just I'm so sad because they worked so hard. But I just want them to know, if you're listening, A, I love you, and B, you put up a damn good fight today. Oh, yeah. They they honestly did great. They, I, I felt it. And also, Urza, I love you. Oh, Urza was so cute in his intro. He's just like, hello, it's me. I'm Urza. I'm Kawaii. Now, getting into the real, you know, the the real juicy parts, it's kind of sad, but it's also very, very exciting. Exactly. And we'll probably do a more extensive episode on it, like real in detail. Um, Once we get more details, especially about exactly. the update. And theories, just just general oh, theories. Oh, my so God. Excited. Oh, with the theories. Oh, my God. I'm going to be all over that. The final Splatfest in July. It is confirmed to be next month. It is confirmed. It is the final one. For a hot second, I thought Nogami was going to say, haha, pulled a fast one on you. Get another year. I was hoping so. Or like, you know, maybe like, you know, new DLC, like another Octo expansion type thing, which would be awesome. Honestly, 
that I'm like 110% okay with what is happening because, wow, they are not disappointing at all. Oh, so, yeah. uh, final Splatfest is Chaos versus Order. Um, so, obviously, Pearl, Team Chaos. Marina, Team Order. The colors are silver and kind of this goldish apocalyptic brown. And it is a themed Splatfest similar to um, the Frosty Fest and the Spring Fest. It is the Splatocalypse. And that's not even the coolest part. One, the, the artwork is amazing. Oh and my two, God, I'm dying. The, all right, so then two, there are three, there are three things happening with this. One. Number one. It's apocalypse themed. Two. Number two. Oh my gosh. It is a 72 hour Splatfest. 72 hours. And, and, and three, this is even better. All the past Splatfest, you know, maps, the shifty stations will be in the rotation for in this Splatfest. I am so excited. Also, don't forget special themed gear. And wow, yeah. chaos oh, side. Oh, oh, oh. It's everything I ever wanted. Like Mad Max. Oh. Also, also one more thing. A fourth thing. So after the uh, after they're done with updates, if you go into private battles, you can go into the nighttime modes of the regular maps and the past shifty stations from all the Splatfest if you're in a private battle. How fucking lit is that? So it's basically like, hey, we know you really like Splatfest, and, but there's a great community out there. So why don't you go ahead and create your own ding dang Splatfest and have fun one weekend? We're going to have shifty station rainmaker, shifty station zones. You know how amazing that's going to be? Oh my God. Wait, wait, no, wait, no, no scratch that it's it's only turf i forgot but imagine if you could play tower control on a shipping oh station God. you know hackers are gonna do it oh of course they already did did you see the recent one they uh marina's uh super suction bombs have been reportedly in the game for their, and they so all right so here so this is some quick speculation i found earlier so remember the uh, super bombs from Octo Expansion on the last boss? Oh god, I hated that. <laughs> Rem- all right, remember that? So uh, there's code for that in the game now. There's also code for Killer Whale, though. I mean, well, I don't know. Eh. It's 72 hours of madness. It's 72 hours of anarchy. anything. God anything can happen. Knows what's gonna happen. For all we know, every hour there could be like a different. Uh, you know, explosive special or something. And like, so speculation says those super bombs might play a key role in the new Splatfest for the new Shifty Station. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out on Oatmeal Dome. If anybody's going to find it, it's going to be them and their team. What I was going to say is a lot of people are really upset for some reason that it's not Pearl versus Marina, but it's I essentially mean, Pearl versus Marina. Let's be real. I mean, uh, yes, really. It is just, it's their ideologies, honestly. It's, yeah, it's their personalities. Like, Pearl is definitely that punk rock, go hard, um, rebel. So I was cut your kneecaps off, you know? Marina, as much as I love her, she is just, like, the mom. She's Pearl's mom. Like, look, look, I, I'm always, you know, team Marina. Like, if it happened, I'm team Marina all day. But, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cause some chaos up in here. Pearl, best girl. And uh, chaos... It's basically how the Inklings live now. I mean, Inkling culture is punk culture. It's going against the status quo. It's um, doing things that are cool before it's cool or doing it despite the fact that people don't want it to be done. You know, um, after the great 
you know, uh, after the great turf war, they essentially took this and said, hey, let's keep this alive in our memory. But instead of it being spiteful, let's make it into like an annual sport thing that we do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's an amazing culture. And I I think that's why chaos represents um, the inkling and the octoling culture as well. Just so very well. Now, I can see order. Um, being useful as well that's definitely kind of like a Marie thing like if you want to go back to Splat 1 with Marie and Callie Marie would be order as well and Callie would definitely be chaos I mean Callie was dumb enough to put <laughs> Octavian uh, hypnose glasses on so alright so before we put out our final statements I want to say one thing and this is going to be part of like a uh, speculation video that um, we're going to be working on later on mm-hmm. but um so early on, like really like right after the Splatfest got announced, people have done speculation talking about. So the winners of this Splatfest, like say, so say Chaos wins or Order wins, right? Uh, I don't want to talk about this. No, 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 no. It's, it's just, it's just <laughs> no, no, like no, a no, quick it's teaser. It's, good. Go, go, it's, go. A, it's a teaser. It is a teaser. It's a teaser for this. This is we're going to go in depth in this for like another video Ooh. some later on, later on. But. And this is all just fan speculation, but... Oh my god, it's amazing. So, if Chaos wins, or Order wins, the winners of that Splatfest, that will set the tone for the next Splatoon. I hope it sets the tone for the story mode, because God knows I don't want an extended tutorial again. Please. Exactly. I well, don't want like, to have to find Callie again. God dang it, Callie. Get your life together. Like, so, so you know, you know, Chaos wins, you know? That could set up like in a post-apocalyptic theme, you know, that would be pretty friggin' dope. And then, you know, order wins, you know, it's like a dystopian area, futuristic type stuff. But we'll we'll get into that into another video. That's another video. Either way, whatever happens, I feel like the Octarians are gonna take over for a hot second. Uh, guess who's gonna have to save the world? Nah, it is gonna be someone new. I can tell. Ooh, look, look, I'm look, <laughs> look, new theme. We can go into water now. <laughs> No, <laughs> that is that is pure chaos. That would just like violate everything. That, that, that's all right. We we got to talk about that on another video. But let's give out our final statements. So thank you so much for sticking around. This has been um, a coverage of the Splatoon Two World Championships and the uh, after show notes of the final Splatfest being announced. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We have a new account. It is Cooked underscore Podcast. Again, that is cooked underscore podcast and um, give us a follow, maybe give us a like, uh, send some suggestions our way if you have any uh, speculation for any Splatfests. Uh, next episode, we'll, we, we will be covering the current Splatfest, Narwhals versus Unicorns, and that is solid set in stone. Once again, thank you so much for sticking around. Um, my name is MCAT, and my co-host's name is... My name's Nico. Ooh, woo. Be sure to catch us next time. Um, get your butts cooked, because it's time to get roasted. Don't, Don't get, get cooked. cooked. Stay, Stay off, off the hook. hook.